Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you today. Uh, we're going to talk today on chapter 3. Of, um, of the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles, um, you could turn to Acts 3 as I give my introductory thoughts and stuff. <clears throat> so um, so one of the things that I've noticed, we're going to talk on keeping the main thing the main thing. One of the things I've noticed in my life is uh, how easy it is not to keep the main thing the main thing in my life. Have you, has anybody ever noticed that? It's really easy to veer off. Raise your hands just so I know I'm talking to somebody I can relate to. Okay. It's very easy to veer off, and it's easy to veer off in my personal vision for life. It's easy to veer off in my marriage. I've been counseling married couples for uh, over three decades, and uh, <clears throat> and that, that's one of the things you look for, too, is that you watch how the relationship is veered away from the main stuff that it should be focusing on. Also, businesses can veer off from the main thing, and when they veer off from the main thing, they can, they, they can begin to sputter. Uh, but it's true as, <clears throat> as it is with all that. Same thing is true with uh, our personal faith in Jesus, our walk, I should say, and with churches. We can, we can, um, uh, we can uh, get off track from the main thing. Have you ever noticed that in your Christianity? Because it can happen in churches too. We can get off track from the main thing. Now, here's something I always have to, um, I always have to tell myself and remind myself, because it is true, is that... <clears throat> Is, is that though Satan will never ever conquer, he will never win, he will never knock out the church because Jesus says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Amen to that one? So you can always rest assured of that. No matter how shaky it looks in, in the culture, you could be rest assured. Even if, I mean, even when in China, when the church, when communism forced the church underground and nobody knew if the church existed, if it was still alive because communism was shutting it down over there. By the way, many places in the world where they shut down the church because Satan is real. Any amens to that one? But when they finally opened up China a couple decades ago, they found the church that had gone underground was just flourishing, just flourishing. And sometimes Christians just need a little bit of shakeup to get themselves going again, amen? But the church will never be overcome, never. So we never have to worry about that because, you know, it says where Paul said, uh, where sin does abound, so much more does grace abound, right? Now, I always have to remind myself of those things because I, I, I can look around and kind of feel like, I think we're losing. I think, would anybody ever feel that way sometimes? I think we're losing. But if I look at scripture, no, I'm not losing because we never lose. We're the winners. Amen to that one? Now, but with that said, to continue this whole thing of pushing back the gates of hell, I got to keep the main thing the main thing, right? If I don't do that, then we start to lose traction as an individual Christian and as a church body. Now, anybody want to hear a goofy, dumb Jim Del Campo illustration on how to illustrate? Anybody want? How many want to hear that one? Okay, okay, because the rest of you, you just close your ears, and if you don't want to hear that, <clears throat> okay, so. I wasn't always a Christian. I know it's shocking, but I wasn't. I did not become a Christian until I was 23 years of age. I didn't like you people. I didn't want to be like you people. I, I just didn't. I'd be honest with you. I just did not want to be a Christian. 
because I thought you're going to ruin my life and that's what's going to be. So why would I want to be like one of you people? And my family was all out to get me to become a Christian. So before I became a follower of Christ, you've heard me say this, I was a rock and roller from the 60s and 70s. That's what I was, okay? Now, you name the, the, the band from that era, probably 80% of those bands, I was probably at that rock concert. I, I, I saw them. My first concert was Led Zeppelin when I was 16 years old. I went to see them when the Stairway to Heaven album came out. That was like 1999. So I was 16. And so, <clears throat> 1972, guys. Paid about five bucks for the ticket. To be, and I thought that was a lot of money back then. So, you know, so I've seen the, you know, I've seen, I've seen the Black Sabbath, the Deep Purples, David Bowie, Alice Cooper's, Ted Nugent's. I was there with ACDC when nobody knew them. My elbows on the stage at a little club in Hollywood, and there was about 50 of us there. So, you know, I, I, I've been through all those things, and um, uh, I even, but, but one of my favorite bands uh, of all time from that era was a band by the name of yes. Kiss. Absolutely. Who yelled? Who yelled that out? Okay. Okay, Kiss, okay, Kiss, okay, Kiss. Yeah, Kiss was one of my favorite bands. I saw them, I know at least six times. It might have been a seventh, but I think it was six. And for those of you who already know this, sit still for a second. For those of you who don't, your pastor, yes, when he was about 21 years old, went to a Kiss concert and painted his face as one of the Kiss people. I got pictures to prove it, guy. I finally found the original pictures, but I got them, okay, to prove this. I'm not bringing nothing, man. In 30 years, when I pass away and they have my funeral, they'll probably post them up there. So if you can wait 30 years, you know, because I'm not leaving here, you know, until I'm about 96, okay? So, um, but, um, and I painted up as Gene Simmons, the demon, okay? So the demon turns into Jim Del Campo, the senior pastor of New Beginnings. How many know there's a real God? Amen, man? But I did almost bring a picture just to hold it up, but I thought, nah, that's getting a little too far out there. So, but, um, so I was really into Kiss. And then that disco era came into play. Remember the disco era? Raise your hand, remember disco. That means you're old, but just keep your hands up, okay? <laughs> disco era came in about 1977. And, uh, woohoo, yeah, disco. <laughs> and me and my buddies would always go to the clubs on Thursday nights. Why would we go on Thursday nights? It was ladies' night, and the feelings, right? No, I'm just joking. But it was ladies' night, and ladies would get in for free, and we knew the girls would be there. So we'd go there, and we'd ask girls to dance. That's just what we did, okay? And, um, but then about two years go by, in 1979, Kiss puts out another album. I'm not Christian yet. I'm just, I'm almost, I got saved in late 79. They put out another album, and in that album, they had one song in there, that had a disco beat to it. Question. How many of you know that the word kiss and the word disco should not be in the same sentence? (laughs) Anybody know that? You should know that, okay? And even later on, I've read where Gene Simmons said, we will never do that song in concert, ever. That was just a big mistake. But it shouldn't be. I mean, if you're going to say the word disco, you you affiliate that with Donna Summer. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yay. Bee Gees. And of course, the greatest disco song of all time, Disco Inferno by the Tramps, right? Anybody remember Disco Inferno? Remember that? 
I can dance, okay? I like dancing, and I, my wife says I'm a terrible dancer, but I really like dancing, you know, so, um, because I just make it up as I go along. But um, I remember when they came out with this kind of disco feel song, I remember kind of thinking to myself, well, that's over for them because they've just gone off the rails on that one, man. They are not a disco band. They should never be doing this whatsoever. They're a rock band. And so they veered off and I was like, I'm done. I'm finished. We're over now with Kiss. And that's, that's, that's it. Now, for their credit, they came back to it. But you see, and you'll never hear Kiss and Church using the same illustration again, paralleling themselves. But just like Kiss went off the rails with who they, the main thing, what the main thing is, Church doesn't go off the rails. Can they not? And they can go off the rails not in bad stuff. They can go off the rails in, in good stuff. That's why churches can get lulled into it, into doing things that are good, but they're not the main thing, the main thing of what we're supposed to be doing as a body of believers. Now, <clears throat> In Acts 3, in our series, The Arrival, I, I, I really kind of get the gut uh, thought that Peter, who we're going to see, prays for a man who can't walk, and then the man can walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter then jumps right into a message as the crowd begins to gather. And I think what Peter's doing, in fact, I, I see what Peter's doing, he's making sure that the church in its early in its inception it's brand new the church age is born he's going to keep the church on track so they don't get off track he's going to keep the main thing the main thing otherwise it can veer off into good things but not the main thing and I hopefully today I can get our minds back set on what is the main thing what are you and I supposed to do mainly in our faith now Acts chapter 3 I'm going to read, uh, <clears throat> let's see, the first, uh, what, 10 verses, 11 verses, something like that. And I'm going to do some commentary, and then I'm going to give you three points to back up what I introed you on. Here we go. Verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour. That's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb. Now guys, over in, in Acts 4, verse 22, we know this guy has been lame since, his, since he was born, but that's 40 plus years. So it's been a long time, four decades. This guy has not been able to walk, ever been able to walk. <clears throat> he was being carried along, because he can't walk, um, whom they used to set down every day <clears throat> at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who are entering the temple. Now stop. Um, the gate beautiful, scholars kind of disagree, they're not sure which gate, because there's multiple gates in Jerusalem, but many of them think it's the eastern gate, and if it is the eastern gate, it would have been a bronze gate, looked, looked gold, but it was bronze, and it's a high traffic area, so it just makes sense that if you're going to beg, a good place to be is a high traffic area, right? I mean, you're going to be begging, so let's sit right here where maybe pe more people are going to see me, but every time I read this verse, in all the years I've been reading this Bible, hit, something hit me about, I don't know, 10 years ago as I was reading the verse. And you think about this man. <clears throat> Question, do you think this man has given up on his dreams or every day he's dreaming about his life and what it's going to be? What do you think? I think he's given up on his dreams. Been sitting there 40 years. 
And it's the same thing. I can't walk. So I want you to think about that. When you give up on your dreams, think about the man. People have to carry him to where he's going. When we give up on our dreams, we expect everybody else to carry us. Any amens? They also, he's expecting people to give him money. When we give up on our dreams, don't we look at everybody else and say, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for me? You owe me. Don't we do that? Because we've given up on our dreams. And then also, question, how often do they bring him to that spot? Every day. When we give up on our dreams, today is like yesterday, which was like the day before, which was like the day before. Every day is the same old, same old, same old. Is it not? And that's what happens when we give up on our dreams. It's just the same rep repetitive event daily, and we're going nowhere. That's why you can never give up on your dreams. There's gotta have, look, you've got to have a reason to get up in the morning. There's got to be a purpose. There's got to be some goals that you're going for. This man has lost it all. Now, <clears throat> verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, um, but what I do have, I give to you. This is the big crux statement of today's message. But what I do have, I give to you. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of? Jesus. Louder. In the name of? Jesus. Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. The man wants money. He says, I ain't got that. I got something better. I got the main thing that you really need in your life. You need Jesus Christ. It's not stuff you need. It's not handouts you need. It's not church charity you need. Primarily, you need Jesus Christ, right? This is really the crux of the issue here. This is where Peter is just nailing it. He's driving the nail in the coffin on that one right there. He makes Jesus the main thing. We forget that sometimes, do we not? Do we not? And we can never forget that. Now, verse 7, And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up. Immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. How long has it been since this guy walked? He's never walked. He's never walked. Over 40 years, he has never walked. And now he gets up, and he's walking. Now, <clears throat> It says, verse 8, with a leap, he stood upward and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising. Oh, my gosh, when God changes our life for the better, don't we just want to praise God? Oh, that was weak. I'll say it again. When God changes our life for the better, don't you just want to praise God? Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Jesus, on that one. <clears throat> now, look at verse 8. Look at the word leap. Now, this word leap, I like it because um, <clears throat> it's the idea of something that was out of socket that's been put back into socket. Has anyone ever dislocated any bones or anything that had to be put back? Raise your hand so I know who I'm talking to. Okay, good. Okay, good. Now, it's, it's not a fun thing. Now, I've dislocated this finger, and I've dislocated this finger. Now, when I was a youth minister, minister to students, teenagers, back in the late 80s, I did that for five and a half years. Um, uh, one night I took him to play basketball at the Civic Center Gymnasium, gymnasium, it's about 87, 88, 
1980. And um, we were playing ball, and I, I'm a basketball player, so the ball was coming my way past. Somebody slightly deflected it. And when it slightly deflected, any little deflect, it really changes things. Had my hand out, and it changed the course of the ball, coming full blast, and it hit this finger head on. It shot the knuckle back. Yeah, oh, isn't that great? And so, I, I, like a guy, I trying to pull it out. I couldn't pull that thing out. I couldn't do it. So I had to go to the hospital, Kaiser. They put me under, and they straightened that thing out. And man, it works perfectly. It's fantastic. The doctor did a great job. Two years later, I, I used to train in karate. And, you know, for the future, for ministry purposes. No, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but I was sparring one night. And uh, a roundhouse was coming at me, and I blocked it, and I must have turned my hand down or something, and I caught the roundhouse on this finger, and the knuckle shot that way. And I pulled to try to pull that thing out, and I pulled it out, and I straightened that thing out. It was great, but there's a problem with that. Look at this finger. Is it straight? I can't straighten it at all. I can't even bend it all the way. And back then, I used to play guitar a lot and lead worship, and I couldn't bend it, and I can't straighten it. Now, here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> Do you remember, because remember the idea of out of socket, in a socket. Do you remember the moment you were saved? Do you remember that season, that time, when you put your faith in Christ, and your life went from out of socket, in socket? Any amens? No, no come on, come on. Give me some love here. Okay, but do you remember since then, there's been about a thousand little events in your life since then where parts of your life have gone from out of socket back into socket. Anyone know that? Because the Word of God says it's good for rebuke and for correction. Rebuke means it tells your faults, and correction means it straightens you out. Anyone been straightened out by the Word of God about a thousand times? So you're always being put from out of socket back into socket. That's what the Word of God does. If you don't read the Word of God, it's not going to happen, guys. And so here's the thing. When the doctor put this finger back in place, perfecto amundo. I mean, I can use a good. When Jimmy put this back in the socket, nope, no good at all. <laughs> Doesn't work good. 34 years later, we're having problems, okay? Now, that's the thing. I can try to fix my life, and I can do it decently, but can I ultimately fix it perfectly? No. But when the physician, Jesus Christ, puts my life back in place, does he do it right? You better believe it. Yes, and that's why you praise God over those things. Now, let's go. Where am I at? What verse am I at? That wasn't even the message. That's a free one, okay? <clears throat> what verse am I at right here? Uh, verse, uh, verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's that guy. He's sit there for decades, and now he's walking, and he's praising God. Verse 10, and they were taking note of him <clears throat> as being the one who used to sit at the gate beautiful of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Everybody's in shock. Everybody's in shock. What happened? Verse 11. And while he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico Solomon full of amazement. Everybody's in shock. Now guys, think about how his life has turned. Before... He's trying to get everybody's attention to give him money. And now, does he have to ask people to give him attention? He is the center of attention. Everything is switched in his life. I think that is so awesome. He goes from a nobody to a somebody. Amen? And there's another thing that will preach right there. Say amen to that one. Now, I got you three things. Because we're going to keep the main thing the main thing. 
Because we cannot, as Christians or church people, forget what the main thing is. I got to move fast because my intro took about 80 minutes. Okay, God bless you. But that's my style. Number one, don't get off track. What a shocker, huh? Don't get off track. In Acts chapter 2, Peter has preached under the boldness of the power of the Spirit of God. Question, do you remember how many people got saved that day? Louder? 3,000. Remember last week real quick? How many people died the day the law was given in Exodus? 3,000. The law is given. The life will death because you can't keep the law. You break the law every time. But the Spirit's given. And here's 3,000 get saved. Amen? Now think. You're Peter. You're on a roll. The Spirit of God's in you. You're bold. Man, it's happening now. You preach 3,000 people get saved. Man, you ain't silver and gold. I have none. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. The guy leaps up. And you're Peter. You go, I'm on a roll now. Amen? What would be the temptation for Peter at this moment in his life? I think I'm going to march through the entire Roman Empire. I'm going to go city to city, and I'm going to heal everybody. I'm going to heal them all. That's going to be the thing I do now. Is that a good thing? Say yes. Is that the main thing? No. No. It's not the main thing. Because even Jesus, when he was healing people, remember they wanted him to stay, but he says, I've got to go to preach to other cities also, for that's the reason why I came. I didn't come to heal everybody. And you may think, well, that's cold of Jesus. Well, no, it's not, because that's not the main thing. Look, let me tell you about church. Churches, including us, we do a lot of things to help people in the community. It doesn't matter if they're saved or not doesn't matter what they believe or not we just help people amen and we do all kinds of stuff all kinds of things i mean even the one we announced this morning in current life services i pray that you pray god what do you want me to give to save babies in the womb it's a very very big thing god loves those babies in the womb amen you have a chance to give this month to that <clears throat> but we do all kinds of stuff i mean i don't have to go into it but we do all kinds of stuff but if that's all we did it would be good, but it would miss the main thing. And the main thing <clears throat> is not community needs in that respect, not physical needs. There's a greater need than that. Peter uses the man's healing as a pointer to point to the main thing. Watch what Peter preaches. Listen to what he says, because he's shifting from that where everybody's focused on healing. Peter's going to heal us. Peter says, stop, stop. Here's the main thing, because it's early in the church, and they can get off track, as you and I can. Leaves a point, too. The main thing is, the main thing is, it's Jesus. That's right. Now, we're going to read verses 11 through 16. We read 11 once already. Let's read it again. But we'll go to verse 16. Watch what Peter says, because he's shifting to what the main thing is. While he, the guy who's been healed, was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico Solomon, full of amazement. Yeah. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, Here he comes. Why are you amazed at this? And why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety, which means religious devotion, we had made him walk? 
The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. He inserts the name of Jesus. The one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. Is that a harsh statement or a bold statement, I should say? Oh, you better believe it's harsh and bold, but it's true, is it not? Oh my gosh. And he inserts the name of Jesus Christ. Do you think it got tense in that moment? Louder? Oh yeah, it got. Have you ever mentioned the name of Jesus out loud in a crowd? Do you notice how tense it gets? Do you know why that is? No, do you really know why that is? Because there's a world beyond the physical. There's a spiritual world. There are real demons. Jesus really is alive. And if you name the name of Jesus, it gets tense. I Try this next time for those of you who don't believe in an afterlife or Jesus. Just talk about Buddha or Allah and see how tense it gets. No tenseness whatsoever because they're not alive. They're not God. They're not anything. Mention the name of Jesus and watch how tense it gets. Because he is alive and he is God and he is the only God. Amen to that one, right? Okay. That's a free one, by the way. No, you got a double tithe on that. No. <clears throat> Verse 14. But you disowned. He's not done. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Who was the murderer they wanted instead? Barabbas. That's right. But put to death the prince of life. That's Jesus the one whom God raised from the dead, resurrection, a fact to which we are witness. What is Peter saying? What is he saying? I saw Jesus alive after he was killed. I'm an eyewitness. Verse 16. <clears throat> uh, and on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him uh, has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. Oh, this is so good. He starts off, he says, do not marvel that the man is healed. You're missing the point. Marvel at the one who actually healed the man, Jesus Christ. Right? Let me be Peter. I'm now going to march through the whole known world and start healing people. That's not the point. The main thing is Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something that you may not understand or believe or agree with, but sit in my chair for a while and you'll go, oh yeah, you're right. The world out there, the culture, they want the church's charity. They want what the church can give them, but they don't want to hear about sin or repentance or faith. Am I right? Oh yeah, gimme, 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 but don't, I, don't give me that repentance and this sin stuff and this faith. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Well, Peter's saying, we're not going down the road of just giving to you. That's good stuff, but there's a greater thing, and that is we're going to keep this church on track, and it's about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You got to stay on track. I'm a backpacker. You guys know that. When I go to the High Sierras, we follow these trails, and there are marked trails. You walk them, and you have your stuff on, but sometimes you come to a giant slab a big slab, a big area, and you can lose the trail. Now, as a backpacker, anyone who's a hiker, you know this. Those who don't know, you'll know it now. When you come to the giant slab, the way you stay on track is you look for something. They have left markers for you. And the markers are a stack of rocks. How many knew that? You look for the stack of rocks. And as you're walking, you look for the stack of rocks. And, oh, there's a stack. I walk to the stack. You keep looking. You look for the next stack. You keep looking. And 
That will get you over the giant slab of granite to the other side, wherever that trail picks up again in the dirt. But you stay with the stack of rocks. That is so true of what Peter's doing here. It is easy for us church people to fall prey to causes and helping in the community, all good stuff, and we should do it, but to get off trail of what the main thing is, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? Did you notice what Peter preached? Let's, let's go look at it again. You know, I'll just read it to you. Watch. In verse 13, he says, you delivered and disowned uh, Jesus Christ. You, de you delivered him. Oh, and then verse 14, you disowned him and you asked for a murderer instead. Oh, verse 15, you killed him. And verse 15, but he was raised from the dead, resurrection, and I saw him resurrected. What's the message? What's the crux of the message of Christianity? He laid it out for you. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Did he lay it out? It's, that's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. That is the message. And he brings you back to the main thing. When he mentions Jesus Christ in that crowd, do you think it made some people uncomfortable? All right. <clears throat> yes, because why? They killed Jesus. Peter told you, killed him. Now, is Peter bold in the moment? Why is he bold again? Back up two weeks in our messages. Why is he bold? He's got, he's what? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. He's filled with power. He's not afraid. He's got the power of the Spirit of God. We all need that. Every day say, fill me with the power of the Spirit again today. Give me opportunity. Give me boldness. This is our church needs, all churches need to wake up. Church people need to wake up. The main mission is Jesus and bringing him into, into the community. Now, I'm not done. Point three, and that's this. The main thing results in restoration. And I like where Peter takes this. Look at verse 19, 20, 21. Therefore, now he's getting into it now. Here it comes. I'm talking about Jesus. Now watch. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away. That's big. In order that times of refreshing. <sighs> means this. means... Recover your breath. May come from the presence of the Lord that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must, what? And it did receive in Acts 1. Remember when he ascended? Remember? Okay, he ascended. So heaven received until, say until, the period of restoration of all things, say all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Uh, now, let me give you two bullet points and we're going to drive this puppy home. First bullet point, Jesus was received by heaven until, until. In Acts 1, he said, why are you gazing at heaven? The same Jesus who rose this way, he's going to come back again, right here. In other words, there's an until, he's coming back. The until is the second coming of Christ, is it not? Is it not? Jesus Christ will come back to earth. He will touch down on this planet. It is going to happen. The rapture, he will not touch down. He will stay in the clouds, and whatever church age that is, whatever they'll be taken up in the clouds. But when he comes in the second coming, he will touch down on planet earth, on the Mount of Olives, in Israel. Follow me? 
Comprende? Sabe? Okay, good. Bullet point two. Jesus will return and restore all things. Say all things. So in verse 21, we saw until and we saw all things. Now, what does that mean? He's going to restore. He's going to come back. He's going to restore all things. One of the things it means is look at Acts 2.35. It says, until, say until. until. He's gone until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now, who's our main enemy? Louder. Satan. One day, is Jesus going to kaput Satan? You better believe it. When he comes back, second coming, Satan will be bound, cast into, uh, into prison for a thousand years in a sense, and then he'll be let go and cast in the lake of fire. He'll be done, baby. He's done. Now, <clears throat> but that's not the best point. That's not the greatest truth. Watch this. Watch what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. Watch this. If you have your Bible, turn there because you don't want to miss it. But if you want to miss it, that's fine. A good verse 18 to 23. It's Paul now. It's Paul. You know, Paul. You know, Paul, right? For I consider that, that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Have you, you ever sat down and thought to yourself in the middle of a trial, thank God there's a heaven and this doesn't last forever? Always remember that. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, means vainness, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. In other words, this is not paradise. It's a fallen world, right? The moment Adam and Eve sinned, it's a fallen world. that the creation itself also will be set free. Question, are you and I part of the creation? Yes. We will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Question, how many of you wish you had a brand new physical body right now? Because it's corrupting, is it not? Yeah, amen. More of you should have raised your hand, okay? <laughs> For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. All of creation wants to be redeemed. All of it. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting eagerly for our adoption of sons, the redemption of our... Oh my gosh. Why is preaching Jesus the main thing? Because we want to be set free from the corruption of this world. The day when disease, infirmities, handicaps, mental illness be gone the day when it's glorious and Jesus sets his kingdom up and all these things will be over. Guys, this is not paradise. That's why when you sit there and you listen to people in high positions say, if we do this, it's going to be a better tomorrow and it's going to make it great. No, it's not. It's not paradise. This is not heaven. 
This is not the new realm. This is not eternity. There's someone who stands behind it all, Jesus Christ, the creator. And he is the answer to everything because eternity is what matters. And so Peter comes along and he says, guys, it's not about the healing. It's not about helping the community. It's about Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Because if it makes sense, then we got a job to do. Okay, so... I had alternative endings for this message in the first service. I did one, but I wasn't satisfied, so I'm going to try my other alternative ending. Is that okay? You're like the guinea pig crowd. So a few months back, I was talking to somebody. And, um, you know, Christianity, talking about that stuff. As I'm sharing... Uh, this person tells me and I know the person well and I thought they were moving closer and closer to Jesus but then they told me this in our discussion they said I believe in ministry but I don't believe in church and then he gave me two ridiculous reasons why he doesn't believe in it and, and I, didn't, I didn't go after him. I, I, I could have because it, it just didn't make sense. But I realized in that moment as he talked more and more, he is so far from Jesus. I have made a calculated mistake. I thought he was closer to Jesus. And from that moment on, <clears throat> my wife and I pray for him and his salvation periodically when we pray at night. But think about his statement. I believe in ministry, but I don't believe in church. Question, does Jesus believe in church? Oh, you better believe he does. He created it. But I believe in, in other words, I believe in, you know, you got to do good things for people. That's what he's saying. You got to do good things for people. But I don't believe in this church thing with Jesus and everything else see that's the way the world thinks you know church you, you, you Christians you need to keep Jesus for yourself just do good deeds make that your main thing no we can't we can't Jesus is our main thing sharing him is our main thing and yes, we'll do the good deeds. And yes, we'll help people. And it doesn't matter what background they're from. We're just going to help. But we keep Jesus the main thing. I made a miscalculation. And I said, I got to fix that calculation with that person. Because he's thinking that we're just supposed to do good stuff and don't tell me anything about sin or repentance or faith or Je just keep him out of it can't do that Peter preaches and he says Jesus is the main thing the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and as people now becoming filled with the power of the spirit of God and the boldness of God 
it's time for us to get back to keeping Jesus as the main thing. As the main thing. As the main thing. Let's pray. God, I just pray for people here today and watching at home. Jesus Christ came for you. The God-man came to earth. He visited his creation and he went to a cross for you. And he shed his blood for you so that you could be forgiven of your sins. You. And it doesn't even matter what you've done. It doesn't matter one bit what you've done. Jesus still wants you and loves you. And he wants to wipe it all away. Peter said that. Repent for times of refreshing. Wipe away your sins. Once you. And they buried him. And three days later, he rises from the dead. What for? To give you new life and me new life for you, for me. That's how much you matter. And that's why Jesus is the main thing. Because only Jesus can set your life back into socket again correctly. Only Jesus can set your name in eternity. Paul's right. I'm not going to compare all my problems here in this short span of life to the eternity I'm going to have in Jesus in perfection. Why would I compare that? This is a short span. Eternity's forever. And if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, then it's time to. Or if you backslid, you're not living for Christ. It's time to come back to Christ. And I mean really. I mean, get it right. Come on, let's walk with Jesus. He's the only one who can put your life back in the socket and keep it there. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior or to rededicate your life. If you would like to place your faith in the only Savior and Messiah, Jesus Christ, or rededicate your life to Him, I want you to do one thing as a sign between you, me, and God. I want you to open up your eyes right where you're at. Look up at me. I'm going to look out at you and do this at home also. Once our eyes meet, then you close them. But do it right now. I'm going to look around the room. God bless you. 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 God bless. God bless. God bless you. Now, those who looked up at me, I'm going to say a prayer. 
And everyone's going to say it out loud with you. Just repeat it with everyone else. And put your faith in Jesus. Make him the savior of your life. See, the Bible says, if I confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in my heart God raised him from the dead, I'll be saved. So here we go. Repeat after me. And those of you who looked at me, repeat with us and place your faith in Christ. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. A death of crucifixion. For shedding your blood. To forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you for rising from the dead. To give me new life. To beat death. I give you my life today. I surrender. I choose to follow you. And make the Bible my guidebook. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Now let me pray. Father, I, I pray for all those who looked up. Friend, I pray for you, make it real. Follow up, get into church, become a worshiper. Tell people you become a Christian. Do not be ashamed. Get a Bible. We have them at the Welcome Center. Read in the New Testament. Stay in the New Testament for a couple years. Read about the one that saved you. Begin to obey what it says. <coughs> live for Christ. Live for Christ. And tell everybody you're going to live for Christ now. No matter the opposition. No matter the opposition. You be an offensive now person on the offense. Do not backpedal in your faith. But you walk now in the strength of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Lord God, that all of heaven rejoices. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said amen, amen and amen. Would you stand up with me, everybody? If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.